follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I am doing well. Excellent. We are here tonight. We have. We hope you enjoyed the last episode with the choices. We have a different kind of choice we're going to do tonight. But first, we got to get some stuff out of the way. Here we are an affiliate with Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand CollarandElbow.com. It's quality gear, it's comfortable, it's not overpriced, they run sales regularly, and if you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's no spaces, the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast, you can save 10% on your order, and I believe Matt has a number one choice in our heart, is that correct, Matt? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, our shout out, number one choice in our heart, something like that? Oh, uh, I forgot Cologne. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I wish uh, I wish there were more announcers who could announce Epico on modern WWE <laughs> programming, but is sadly our, that's not happening. Is, is our Epico watch still November? It's still it's still November. Uh, I'm going to on Cage Match and see what he's actually doing. He's probably just working house matches. You know, uh, there is a small mercy is we don't have to. We don't have to hear Michael Cole shout, that was Epico or something like that. Oh, God. It's bad enough the other week that Sasha Banks came back and he can scream boss time like a moron again. It's boss time! It's oh, like, God. Michael, just, just, you know, I'm convinced that that's, that's Vince in his ear. If, if Vince, like, got laryngitis for six months, I'm convinced the announcing on WWE programming, the quality would increase, just improve vastly. It's the, you know, it's not even that stuff. It's the, the way they bicker with each other. Oh. Because I, 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 I know, I know some people still like him, but I, I despise Corey Graves. I probably in the, still in the camp that I kind of like him, but. I still kind of like him, but I, yeah. yeah. I think he's being flanderized. Like you take this one thing about you and then push it and make it like everything you do. I'm sorry, Matt, I cut you off. No, I agree. I mean, I can see where people like kind of find him grading at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's really the, I'm okay, I'm okay-ish with him. Like in the men's matches, it's the women's matches where he really just irks me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. He gets into that, like, he gets into that kind of creepo territory with that sometimes. Uh, yeah, he can. All right, so this where whereas I kind of set up the choice last time, what we're going to do here is we're going to – this is – Brad worked this up, so I'm going to let Brad, um, Brad kind of uh, explain it. 
Okay, so what we're doing this week is I I went through all of the announcers um, and made my top 10 list. And I'm going to read this list off, and then we're going to go one by one through my list. And um, Shad and Matt are going to dissect my choices um, on there and tell me why I'm right or wrong. And I'm going to defend these picks. And we are probably going to come back and do this with color commentators. So one thing you're going to notice about this list is there are no color commentators on here. We're doing this is strictly play by play, right? Yep. Strictly. So there's no there's no uh, broadcast journalists on this either. No, no <laughs> Bill Apters. Mm. <laughs> so um, all right. The first thing about my list, there are going to be some notable absences. Um, there is no Michael Cole. There is no Kevin Kelly. There is no Mike today. And there is no Mara Ranallo. Um I'm just going to focus in. Well, Mike Tanay, Mike Tanay's best work, I think, was as a third man in the WCW booth. I yeah. don't feel like he ever did a good job as a... Um, <laughs> as a um play by play guy. Okay, yeah, I, I I understand that. I probably well, I would agree that I think he was best in uh in WCW. Mhm. I don't know that I don't know that I would agree that he was bad like in TNA. Like I think he was fine. He wasn't good though. I would say he was okay and he got he got he got progressively worse as like he had to start overcompensating for how bad the the on-air stuff was mm-hmm. okay like some of those meme stuffs <laughs> like i don't blame him for because that's when it got really bad i think he was adequate like from like the start until about like oh seven when like it was still worthwhile to watch okay i'm following you uh michael cole i've never liked michael cole and i actively avoided the product for years because of his heel turn all right um, even His like, heel turn was pretty bad, yeah. And um, even when they turned like Jr. heel with like Doctor Death, Steve Williams, I thought Jr. was right and that Michael Cole was a tool. <laughs> uh, Mar Ronaldo, I enjoy him sometimes, but he gets overbearing at times, so that keeps him off the list. I actually agree. I like I was... him, but Go ahead, he, he does kind of like. People, like, there are some people out there who love him, and I, kind of, I, I kind of get it in a way, but sometimes it's just too—he's a little too much for me. And he yells too much. Like my wife yeah. watched it before, and she's like, "Why is he yelling at me?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I, I think that's more of the uh, flanderization thing. Take the take this one thing and just do it that we hear about. Because I'm 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 fair certain that that's that's Vince again. Also, I don't. We don't. I don't think we have as much of a body of work to judge Marwan as we do a lot of these other guys. Well, he's getting there. I'd he's say. getting there. I just don't think he's quite there. And um, there's some there's some regional guys you could you could uh, nitpick me with, but uh, some of those guys might not have made it because I haven't heard enough of them. So, um, and okay. I I did not I did not include any like foreign announcers like there are some guys from new japan whose names i don't know who i really enjoy but 
I don't actually understand what they're talking about, so I would not feel it's <laughs> fair to put them on there. Okay, that's fair. So, um, I'm gonna go from I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna go ten to one, just because <laughs> I think that's a little more fun. So at number ten, the real choice is Leonard F. Chikarison, but I slotted Bob Cottle in here just to bother Matt. Um, at, <laughs> at number nine, I have Joey Styles. Bob Cottle. At eight, I have Scott Hudson. At seven, I have Excalibur. At six, I have Vince McMahon. At five, I have Gorilla Monsoon. At four, I have Gordy Sully. At three, Tony Schiavone. At number two, Jim Ross. And at first, Lance Russell. Okay. I like your list. Um, I, li- I like it quite a bit, but I would move some stuff around on it. Okay, yeah. so let's 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 uh, let's uh, let's uh, start at number ten here, and um, Bob Cottle. So Matt, I know Matt has some things to say here. I, I don't like Bob Cottle. I've never liked Bob Cottle. Um, I know you're being joking with including Bob Cottle. It's I, I really... do. I do like Bob Cottle. Like he would probably be like around number like twelve or thirteen on a list. Uh, is he too? Is he too dry and like doddering for you? He is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, if we had to actually list like really bad announcers, <laughs> I would pick. Um, this is really going deep. In, this is like if you watch like eighties, um, late seventies, early eighties, like a WWF like house show stuff that they televised or recorded. But like Ron Trongard or what? what oh was his, God, yes. Is it Rob or Ron? Ron Trongard. He did a lot of AWA. And like Larry Nelson, who like AWA had just god awful announcers. Shad, have you ever heard of you, of him? Um, I'm sure I've heard of him, but I don't know that I've heard him. Uh, okay. the, the last he, fan does a really uh, great impression of him. Oh, so I'm listening through all the last fan stuff, but I'm I'm still like years behind, so I have not heard those ones. But he's terrible. He's so boring. He's just awful. He's the worst. Well, he's. Um, from what I know, he's usually either drunk as hell or like just <laughs> stuffed to the gills with cocaine. Oh wow! Okay, that's uh, that's quite a swing there. And I know like Larry Nelson was, and like Larry Nelson, like in his book, was just like an absolute like womanizer. Mm, right. I think Ron Trongard was too, but yeah, Ron Trongard's terrible. You know the, the one thing I I did notice is not on the list is the guy who taught Jim Ross is not on here. So Bill Watts is not on this list anywhere. Bill Watts is color. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Never mind. Because I, I'm basing that on Mid South. Like if you were, if you're watching Mid South, the it's either Boyd Pierce or Jim Ross. Bill Watts is always in that second seat, like rotating around with the wrestlers. So Bill Watts, even though he is like more um, a non wrestling entity, entity by that point, he is still color. And and for for the purposes of this list, I almost did include him, but I said, no, like Bill Watts is color. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I was going to move one spot up the list and I was going to say, I think Joey Styles is in about the right spot. Okay. So he wasn't on my list in the first incarnation, but, um, he's aged very poorly very poorly like i kind of find him smug and obnoxious in my old age but he he is like 
he is like the voice of ECW, which is kind of like the voice of an era. So I feel mm-hmm. like for at least historical purposes, he had to go on the list. Yeah, well, he his um, Joey Styles stint is really, I think, more of it's it. I've got to give him credit, first of all, for being basically a one-man announce crew for a place as wild as ECW was. Well, um, Heyman talked about him on something. I don't remember where it was. Like, all of, like, he talked about, like, Styles has a lot of flaws as an announcer, so, like, he's heavily post-produced. Oh, okay. And um, he doesn't work well with other people, honestly. I, I think he's better as a... Well, the the follow-up question I had was, I know that, you know, he was doing the one-man thing in ECW. I thought that when he was working the booth in WWE, he did pretty well there and and lent more energy than a lot of other announcers, especially ones that are not on this list, so... You know, I thought he did a good job there, but I think, he I, was, I think he's in about the right spot. He was probably the second best play-by-play guy the WWE has had, like, after Jim Ross, like, in the post-Attitude era. But, I mean, that's really that's really faint praise because you're talking about, like, um, Michael Cole and who's that guy that I can't remember his name that does, like, the B stuff? Uh, the guy that works SmackDown? Yeah, like Vic something or other. I can't put my finger on it. I can't either. Like that's that's really he's, he's completely nondescript. Yeah. Is it like what Todd Peterson or something like that? Or that sounds right. It sounds close enough, but I, I can't put my finger on it. So, um. Anyway, it, it's I think Joey Styles is in a in in the appropriate spot. Having him in the top ten, I agree with, but I think he's also uh, he's he's where he ought to be. Yeah, he's he's also um, he's a flavor you're gonna have to either acquire or like outright. Like he's he could rub you the wrong way. Yeah, I could. Well, especially with ECW stuff, that's that's a lot of ECW. Because um, he's not he's not like what a lot of these guys are and what. I would defend Bob Cotillon. He's not like that fatherly or like uncle figure that like you're just curling up to the TV like on a Saturday night to watch some wrestling with. Yeah. Like, he's not that familiar like kind of paternalistic figure okay. that a lot of these other guys are. <laughs> um, like, you know, about- like, like to go up the list a bit, like, couldn't you imagine, like, as a kid, like, sitting there on the carpet, like, with your feet kicked up, like, behind you, and Gorilla Monsoon, like, in his, like, easy chair that he's had for, like, 20 years with, like, a beer in his hand, like, just saying, like, some crap about, like, Greg Valentine? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the appeal of a lot of these guys, I feel like, especially, like, as an old, like, especially in my, like, 30s. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I... The next one you have on the list. Oh, can I can, can go ahead, Matt? Styles. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like when I was watching ECW as a kid, like I I thought he was good, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just because ECW was like so at the, for the time it was like hip. It was like avant garde. Um, maybe I've just bought into that. And I think there was something to be said, like you you said that he kind of tried to manage the chaos and then present what was going on. Um, and I, when he did have that brief period working play by play for the WWE, I actually thought he did a pretty decent job. Uh, but I don't know, like we, we watched November to remember last year and I, I didn't really think it held up well. No. So we talked I needed... about that. Um, we talked about that a couple episodes ago about something, just how that nineties extreme thing. And this is past ECW, like has not mm-hmm. aged at all. And like, for some reason, like you can't nostalgia it like you can with the eighties. Would, yeah. would I think it would be fair to say that Joey Styles is appropriate for the product he was announcing on. Like even it, it does not age as well, and it it's not as no. good as you might remember it being. It, it's appropriate for that. Yeah. So Matt, what would you think of like Joey Styles' um, WWE work? His WWE. Yeah. Um, better than ECW work. Um. But it also happened so long ago that I might just be remembering it fondly. I'd actually have to listen to it again to see if it's really like that good. Um, so I thought a it was, good point. I thought it was at least serviceable. Like I wouldn't say it's bad. I but remember. I, I don't think the ECW stuff probably holds up well now. I'd have no, to watch no. more of it. I think that um, with what was going on at the time, Styles was one of the best guys in the announce booth they had at the time so there's probably some favorable comparison stuff going on yeah i could i could see yeah i I have that memory it's hard for me to put a finger on (laughs) i'd like to hop up the next spot because i feel like brad that that scott hudson ought to be a bit higher um I feel like he did not get the opportunity on the big stage that um, some of these guys got because really, I mean, I don't think he ever, he might've like clawed his way onto thunder by the end of WCW, but I don't feel like he ever really made it out of that. Like worldwide Saturday night. No, he was, I remember he was announcing on nitro at points, but not like the, he wasn't like the guy. I don't think he ever like, supplanted tony shivani oh yeah i i think he did oh my god i can't believe this memory stuck in my brain i can't the match yeah i can't put an exact finger on what the match was but it was when mike awesome was doing his big chick thriller gimmick the fat and, chick thriller yeah and it's him and her and and they're there and mark madden's there and scott hudson is doing his dead level best to try and do a good job and he's got all of this stuff going on around him and people around him that won't shut up and i i re- that was on a nitro i don't know why i remember it but i do and see scott hudson was the guy i know i know this comparison is going to come up with someone later but scott hudson was the guy who was doing his dead level best to try and do his job in the midst of all the chaos. You know, he, he I, like I said, I know this is going to come up later, but like, like Kermit on the Muppet show, trying to, 
trying to keep things together and keep things moving. I also feel, I feel like Scott Hudson lacked a little personality. Like, but he he was like a very technically proficient announcer, but kind of lacked a little flair too. That's kind of why he's lower. He I reminds. Think that's, that's fair. He was pretty. I mean, he was he was fundamentally good. It's just sad that he never really did much outside of um outside of WCW. He kind of got shafted in that regard. He was too southern sounding for the WWE, which kind of like <laughs> totally was just screwed him. Yeah, he's from like he's from the south. He's from like Georgia. And he actually he had, like if you hear I, him talk, like he actually like he actually like took the accent down a couple notches when he announces. Oh wow. Cause he's like got he's got a fairly deep accent. Like you'd be surprised if you heard him on like a podcast because he's mm. it's deeper than you remember. You know, I didn't really realize this at the time when I was watching it, but he actually was like the announcer for uh, for Global. He was. Yeah, I actually I was... need to watch some of that stuff. Cause I think it's all in the network, right? No, but um, you can get that stuff pretty easy. It's and not I... on the network. I thought they owned no, it. No, because. Um... ESPN still owns some of it because they remember ESPN classics a couple years ago was showing a bunch of that stuff. Mm. It's, I mean, global's fun. Like it gets, it gets kind of, it has its problems, but I mean, they, they legitimately made a star in the Patriot. They did. Yeah. Del Wilkes. The other thing I was going to say that Scott Hudson, Scott Hudson reminds me of a baseball announcer and not like major league, like a very, very straightforward, direct, maybe a little bit dry baseball announcer. You mean which, like Bob Euchre and uh, Major that's, League? I'm I'm saying not like Bob Euchre and Major League because there was there was a lot of him putting his own personality in that to be funny. Incidentally, the phrase "just a bit outside" is I I love that line so much um, for the understatement of it and the way he says it and that sort of thing, but. To have Hudson was it it felt to me like he was trying to add an air of credibility and let the color guys or whoever the third man in the booth was do the exciting stuff. He's like, I know what my job is. I'm doing play by play. I'm gonna let someone else do all the excitement unless it's really big and I get amped up too. Which and he he knew his stuff. Honestly, I like him more than Vince as a play by play guy. Man, because... I'm just sitting here thinking about Jobu lines. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... Jesus, I like him very much, but he no help with curveball. <laughs> Are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> that's a that's a great exchange. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 leapfrogging Excalibur a little bit, but what I've heard of Excalibur has been good. I just don't hear him that. I haven't heard him that much yet. Uh, the time will come, but for the moment, I haven't heard a whole lot of Excalibur yet. He's good. He's uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm of the people who are out there. Um, I do he's, approve of him being like with AEW. I think yeah. he's a good choice. I don't think I don't think long term. JR is like the answer, I think, for big shows, maybe, but we'll we'll talk about him in a minute. He's yeah, just, we'll get- um I wanna say though with Scott Hudson that he won't come up on the color commentary episode because uh it was just too short 
but um, it's a good it's a good time to bring it up with Scott Hudson. But um, Stevie Ray's very brief run as a color commentator in WCW is <laughs> the one fruit of my, booties, fruit yes. booties. Uh, he, he and Sucka's got to know. Sucka's got to know. Sucka's got to know. He was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, like people hated on him. I remember back in the day, people hated on him because he was like so ridiculous. But in retrospect, like he was enjoyable. Like now, na- I mean, think about nowadays. Like who do we have? You have Corey Graves who annoys you. Uh, who like Byron Saxon? It's like at least Stevie Ray had personality. Byron yeah. Byron yeah. annoys me. Yeah, because Byron is basically an idiot. He says he says things that are either obvious or he's very much the shill for the baby face. And he's Corey's punching bag. And, you know, he's not even he. The weird thing with that, though, is he's a really good punching bag for JBL. Like he and JB. I actually kind of like Brian Saxton when like JBL's kind of like poking at him. But he seems to have like a good humor about that. It doesn't work with Corey Graves, though. Corey's, I think Corey hits a little too close to home with some of his stuff. Also, I cannot like Byron Saxton because he had the, I swear, I don't understand how anyone thought, the worst finisher I think I'd ever seen. And that's including Swole of the No Limit Soldiers doing a heart punch. This (laughs) Saxonation... You know, have you seen this thing? No. Oh my I don't think I've okay. ever seen him wrestle. It was it was early NXT stuff, and I, I'm going to do my best to explain it. So he steps up and does this full Nelson thing like he's going to do Miz's front of the skull-crushing finality. He does that. He bends the guy forward. Then he pivots and faces the other way and then drags the guy into a back bump. So basically, the guy, his finisher, makes the guy lean forward and take a back bump. Then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something nice about Byron Saxton here, and then we'll move on. Uh, Byron Saxton is not Jonathan Coachman or Renee Young. I agree with Young Coachman. I think Young catches more flack than she should. She's but- not. She's not good. Vince, ha- I swear, Vince's in her ear because everything she said sounds like a Vince line. But she's, she's, yeah, she, Vince is Vince is feeding her the good shit. But see, here's the thing: Renee Young should be doing like the Mean Gene thing. She should be like backstage, like interviewing people and like playing off of them. Like she's good at that. She's a terrible announcer. And running the talk show. Yeah, the, like, talk yeah. Show. I think that that is her strength. I don't think it's with. Um color commentary or whatever it is that she does uh i don't i kind of degrade on the curve like i don't think it's she's not good but they have her in that position i think she's doing the best she can but i agree with you shad that it's it's there's a lot there's obviously a lot of vents in her ear yeah and that's 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 really like the issue with all of them though that's kind of the reason why i i like Corey graves the best out of the commentary teams not because i necessarily think he's great uh i think he's the best of their options i think he, yeah i think in all things considered under ideal circumstances i actually think he'd be a, he is a pretty good uh like color guy yeah but i think the problem with the announced teams is like it's so it's so obvious that when vince is in their ear or 
they're having to push like the catchphrases or the stupid little nicknames or like reinforcing like the weird Vince centric like language they have to use. Yeah. Or they have to be like, oh, the WWE universe. Oh, uh, SummerSlam is trending on Twitter. It's like once you remove all the bullshit, then they could actually have good commentary, maybe, or at least decent commentary. But you don't get that a lot because it's so much of this like extra crap that yeah. is like super micromanaged. Yeah. So it's it's slightly unfair for her because I think she's not good. But how can you even tell? Like, how how could you even have her improve? Remember how great JBL was before they ruined him? Yeah, JBL was actually a really great color guy. I think before they ruined him. Yeah, and then it was like, ha, 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 Maggle. Yeah, you just want Maggle. to have fun, Maggle. Maggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I, like I said, since I don't have enough Excalibur to really make a judgment, uh, I, I'm going to leave him where he is. But I would actually bump Hudson up above Vince on your list. See, because Vince... Vince is announcing. Vince is very good at one thing, in my estimation, as an announcer. He's very good at imparting energy into what he's talking about, right? See, Vince, but- Vince, um, there's a body of work of Vince that a lot of people haven't seen. Like, Vince in the 70s is actually, like, really, really good. Like, Vince by himself, like, doing interviews and, like, commentating, like, TV and um, MSG shows. Like, he's he's a really, like, strong announcer and, like, when he starts running the show is kind of when he falls off. But, like, Peak Vince is, like, really good. I have, okay. not, seen, I have not seen enough of that to actually gauge. Neither have I. I'm, I'm going with a lot of, like, Vince in the 80s and that sort of stuff. Because I, I, think, I think we have to cut the 90s out. Like, he sucks in the 90s. But he's overcompensating for a crappy product. And I'm not holding that against anyone else, so I'm not going to hold it against Vince. Vince in the '90s was like overindulgent, and that's when he—he was actually super annoying to me during that period because that was the era where it's like one, two, three, yes, he's got him, he's won, and it's like it was Vince. It was a one count. It was one count. Yeah, yeah. He was super. He was like dialed to like twenty when it's like you should be at like five. Yeah, yeah. That and um. Things that bothered me, one, Vince would not interact with other people in the booth. Like if you you had Gorilla and and Heenan had this great back and forth, Vince would just kind of ignore whatever the color guy said. And the other thing is, I don't think Vince knew the names of any moves. Everything was oh look at that. Oh, what a maneuver, right? It's like it's like, dude, you work with these people. Do you not know what that that is? Do you not know what his finish is? Now I, I think I think um, it made him look out of touch to me. Like I'm did, trying to listen to this, and he did interact with Jesse a lot when they were like the superstars. Combo. Okay, there was a couple shows that in like the the early '90s that he did with uh, with Bobby, where he did kind of play off Bobby a little bit. It was you are correct that it was never as good as like the interaction between Gorilla and Bobby. But uh, he so he sometimes will come to play. Like Vince would sometimes like do a decent job. It, it just bothered me because it, most of the time it just seems like he ignored what the other person said. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn it, why do you have him sitting there next to you then? But I also think like where he's underrated too is his attention to like angle detail. Like especially in the eighties is really strong. Like sometimes he does stuff. And, like you're sitting there with your booking sheets, aren't you? 
you know what? That's a good point. That, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of that. But you're right about that because he was really hitting the details to make sure the story comes across. Yeah, because so, that's one of the like because WWE TV in the in the late '80s is a little dry, but Vince is very good. Like. Connecting point A to point B, like, hey, this guy's shooting with this guy. Like, hey, let's hear what this guy has to say about that guy. Like, he's, yeah. he's, um, he's good at connecting the dots. And like I said, like, uh, 70s and very early 80s Vince, when he's by himself, is really, is like actually a different person than the Vince you would know. Okay. So, um, if it, I guess if it were me, I would flip Vince and Hudson, given what I know about them. Um, yeah, that's now, fair. now here's an interesting one and this would probably piss off a lot of purists, but the next three on your list, Monsoon, Soli, and Shivani, the order you have them in is interesting to me because the, these three guys all have incredibly different styles in so, what they do. Um, for me, a lot of people would take exception with, um, where I play Soli at four Sully's a little too dry for me. Okay. Um, I I think that's fair. He could be dry at times. He he does have good interaction, like like stuff with like Tommy Rich and stuff. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like him in Georgia and Continental. I haven't seen enough of him in Florida to like really, um, really, really kind of um judge him on that. Like he was pretty bad in WCW, but. I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, now, Gorilla, I think <laughs> a lot of people have their issues with Gorilla. Um, I do not have a problem with him criticizing wrestlers. I think that actually, like, um, emphasizes their, like, the real sport aspect of it. Well, and Gorilla is coming at it from the, I used to do this, I know what I'm talking about angle, too. Yeah. And so, I, thought, I like that. Gorilla. Gorilla was really good at like putting everyone over. Yeah, he did do a good job of that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The you mentioned Soli um, being a very straightforward play by play. In the same way, I like Hudson doing it. The thing that with Hudson is that Hudson would get wound up sometimes when it was a big moment. It seems to me that Soli stays the course the entire time, and so. I don't think I could put him any higher than four on a list because well, it's long sometimes. So, well, the stuff I've heard, I haven't heard him get as, as wound up. And if it's a big moment, you absolutely should get wound up. Um, no, he would, he would get wound up, but I think he was more, I think he saw himself more as like a, um, he was more of like your guide on this journey, whereas Jim Ross and like Lance Russell and even Tony to a degree were more like, I mean, Lance Russell is like your ringmaster and that's why he's number one, but we'll get to him mm. in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think Soli was just good overall. Mm-hmm. He was like a, it, this is going to be a weird analogy, but if you, uh, if you're choosing like a, an RPG, <laughs> he's yeah. like the he's like the over he's like the guy who's like uh kind of good at everything he's got the well-rounded stats going yes he's like uh he's your well-rounded guy he's not a he's not a tank he's not like the speedster he's not like yeah. the uh the archer or whatever like these at the you're not he's not your mage he's not 
that type of guy, but he was good at like most everything. Yeah, um, it's like D and D having fourteens and fifteens in every ability score slot. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, but you're not standing out anywhere. Right, um, Gorilla to me, I, I actually feel like Gorilla to me is like if you're going to subtract, let's, let's subtract like Jr. during the the Attitude Era where he was really giving like great performances. As an announcer, as a play-by-play guy, um, to uh-huh. me, like Gorilla is essentially like the quintessential WWF WWE uh, play-by-play guy. Okay, uh, I just I loved him. I, I understand like there there's criticisms of him, and I can kind of see those. Uh, he wasn't. He's not going to be throwing like technical terms out there for you, except when he's like talking about you know that guy got hit in the uh, external occipital protuberance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I loved him. I think he was like he he had like he brought a lot of personality. Um, I loved his interactions both with Jesse and with Bobby. Both like when we actually do talk about play by play guys uh, and uh, their interactions with specifically the color guys. I think Jesse and Bobby are like kind of rank like one and two almost. I'm sure for like the color guys. Okay. Uh, I just think Gorilla had a great interactions. Like he had uh, he had. He still had some good interactions with some of the other guys who they randomly did color back in the day. Like, remember for a time, like Roddy, yeah, and Piper doing some of that. Uh, oh, Piper I, was terrible. He was not good, but Gorilla still like tried to make it work with them. You know who was actually surprised? Going back, who was better than I thought he had any right to be was Honky Tonk Man. Really, I haven't really heard that much. He wasn't. I think, great, I think but... I've maybe heard like one show that he that he actually did color for. <laughs> he was Don't let him hit you in the head, you dumb Mark. But what I think, um, <laughs> what another thing Gorilla did and talked about a lot that I feel like more wrestling announcers could have picked up on, but never did. He would always talk about like the winner's share and the loser's share of the purse. Yes, yeah. we've talked about that before. Like it was kayfabe, but I actually loved that because it added an actual like element of reality to it. That was Gorilla and Dusty. Yeah. Winner share of the purse. Yes. And that was that was a big deal for them. And even though Gorilla said winner share of the purse and Dusty said go and do the pay window daddy. Going to pay window daddy. But it's it's a way of saying, you know, there's always something on the line here. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, it's it's again look, we we know, okay, everyone's in on the joke. It's it's gotten to the point where if someone looks at me and says, Rest, you know wrestling's fake, right? I have one of two reactions. One of them is, is I look at them, and I list all the injuries I got while wrestling and go, but those were all fake, so it doesn't matter. Or I look at them and I go, what? No. You know what's funny about that is people people talk about that stuff now, and like a lot of like those 80s wrestlers um, talk about that, but... Um, there was stuff with like Groucho Marx where he was like teasing wrestlers on his radio show about it being fake. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been known since like the forties. It's been known longer than that. It's just nobody talked about it. But I do like adding just a little sense of legitimacy in order to make it just a little bit easier to buy in. Why are these guys having a match? Because they were booked against each other and whoever wins gets more money. You know what? That makes sense. I'm on board. <clears throat> and that's why are the heels willing to cheat? They want to get paid more. Why are the baby faces not cheating? Well, because principles are more important than money. I'm on 
bored. This is not hard. <clears throat> and, you know, Monsoon was good at that. Monsoon had a very iconic voice. You know, you, you look back at some stuff and just the 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 timbre of his voice had it just it it fit what he kind of like the way Styles did. It fit what he was commentating over. And it 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 it, it came together very well. And let's not forget, he got to airplane spin Muhammad Ali. He did. That's true. He did. And he got absolutely murdered by Vader later in his... Also true. Also true. Um, To jump, we talked about... And he was like a school teacher. I think that was like what he did before he got into wrestling, or that was like his day job while he was wrestling. I thought that was George Steele. No, there's a couple guys that did that. Oh, okay. Because Cornette... Cornette talked about him on a show and said, like, like, um, Gorilla Monsoon just carried, like, ridiculous amounts of money on him at all times. And he asked, he's like, I might want to buy something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're talking, like, thousands of dollars he would just have, like, on him. Right. Um, We talked about Monsoon. We talked about Sully. We mentioned Shivani. You know what? It's too many people hate on Shivani, I think. That's because because they know his, like, late... Uh, Monday Night Wars era, they don't know mm-hmm. like the more low-key... Even his Monday Night Wars stuff, I think too many people hold that the Cactus Jack comment against him. Because he was fed that line. There's yeah. no question. Even he Mick was... Foley said that, like... Yeah, but people hold that against him. And Shivani was always doing two things. One, he was doing play-by-play, and two, he was trying to be kind of a hype man so you could be excited to watch he was invested in he was trying to be invested in what was going on and so i you know what i really appreciated that especially now i think what hurts him too is he um he kind of hid from his wrestling career until like maybe two or three years ago and a lot of those guys that don't kind of don't kind of engage the wrestling community like can't harness that narrative in their favor at all mm-hmm. yeah and um i think that hurt him greatly whereas if he would have been out there like earlier i think people would have softened up on him more you get a response that way and i think i think people are softening to him now because he's doing like mlw yeah. and they're kind of getting exposed to him yeah i unironically love tony shivani because growing up, I was always more because I first started getting into wrestling, watching WCW. I was always I always skewed towards like a de- being a WCW mark. Um, plus, I just feel like my preferences, as much as I have loved like old school WWF, WWE, um, I like the Southern style. So I always kind of gravitated, I think, towards like WCW slash old school NWA. Yeah. Um, but because Tony was like such a main a mainstay for all of the WCW stuff, uh, and even like NWA, like the late eighties before he like had that brief period in, in the WWF. Like well, I've good always in that too. He was good in that. I uh he was he was I think he was only there like a year. He wasn't even he there. Oh long. yeah, it was real yeah. short. He hated yeah. it, I think. But he did the he did the Royal Rumble. Yeah. In um I I've always like loved Tony Schiavone. Like I really have. I still like. I I'm glad that he's actually like reconnected with wrestling. I I have not heard too many episodes, but I have listened to the 
the what happened when podcast he does with uh with conrad the mortgage guy <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah yeah but i i those are actually funny i think tony has done a, a great service to us as the the wrestling fan community and giving us uh, Klondike Bill stories. If you don't, if you haven't heard yeah. any of them, it's, <laughs> there's it's something. Sad. It's sad for me though. Cause he does like the MLW commentary, but like his voice isn't quite the same anymore. Like it's yeah. lost a bit of something. And it just makes me sad. It's but lost a bit. Um, he's still there's like, also, mm-hmm. there's also an important thing to remember about Tony Schiavone. And he has something over this, everyone else on this list no one else could have David Crockett going, look at him, Tony. Look at him. Look at him, Tony. <laughs> uh, we should, if we're, if we're going to do color commentary, people, in the near future, uh, let, we, should, we should do an honorable mention to David, to David Crockett. Oh, we've got it. We've got to talk about David Crockett. Yeah. Um, something else I wanted to put out there with, with Shivani was it, it's, you could tell that he cared about what he was doing, right? Like Michael Cole yells and all that kind of stuff all the time. But I don't get the impression that Michael Cole gives a shit. That's because Michael Cole, and I'm going to defend Michael Cole on that. He got browbeat early in his career as being a nerd for like trying to learn history and like actually like taking notes and stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Like that's actually how you should be with with wrestling if you're actually going to take it seriously. But uh, <laughs> he didn't get the memo that uh, continuity begins and ends only like six months in the past. <laughs> whenever yeah. you're dealing with the WWE, so well. And and Shivani was Shivani was also knowledgeable about who he was dealing with. Right? He wouldn't just say, "Oh, it looks like that's, that's his finisher." He knew what this stuff was. And and he could talk about the guys a little bit in the course of it too. You know, we've seen this sort of thing before, that sort of thing. And I agree with you. Tony Schiavone being at number three is a good spot for him. And he kind of like Gorilla. He kind of has that iconic voice that when you think about like, especially like Ric Flair and the Horsemen, like you probably have some like Tony Schiavone lines like, yeah, just going off in your head. Even the Nitro intro. You hear Shivani, right? That is that's, true. That that's, and so I'm in this. I I like Shivani a lot more than I think people want to give him credit for. It's, uh, you know, it's it's. I really do. He, I think he's, I think he's a a really good announcer. A lot of people don't give enough credit to. So, you know, I hell, I couldn't have done it, right? So, all right. I think now, I think number two, some people will have some issues with Jim Ross not being number one. Well, I but, wanted to ask you to, I wanted to ask you to, to, to explain why you had your top two in the spots you had them and how far apart they were for you. Okay. Um, they, these, these like Lance Russell and Jim Ross are excellent announcers in their own rights. Um, but this was not even a close decision for me. Okay. Because when you watch Memphis television, like in the early 80s up until he left in 89, like you watch Memphis television as much to see Lance Russell as you do to actually see wrestling. <laughs> like Lance uh, Russell, <laughs> we, we've talked about it before, but Lance Russell is like Kermit the Frog trying to keep the show going while getting foiled by those like um, 
crazy wrestler is like when we when we watched we didn't do an episode on it but we watched um the empty arena match with terry yes. funk and jerry lawler we did talk and, about it though we did talk about it some yeah. okay but that match is there are two huge factors in that match it's terry funk being a maniac and lance russell being lance russell <laughs> yeah. come on yeah, where is like, it? Where, where, where the hell is he? Uh, uh, come on, Terry. Don't talk it? like that. You know what? He's not here because he's a goddamn coward. Uh, we got people watching this, come Terry. On, Don't talk on, that way. Come on, Terry. Terry, we're going to have to broadcast. <laughs> come on, Terry. I just, <laughs> oh, are we doing this? I just lit a cigarette. A Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing there, Shaq? <laughs> you listen to you. You're out there in Kentucky, say you're retired. Why don't you get in the ring with, he, with me right now? <laughs> That'd be a long drive, Terry. It's just to me, like to me, like like I said, Memphis TV is is as much Lance Russell as it is anyone else. It's Jerry Lawler and it's Lance Russell, pretty much. Yeah, Lance just tried to be like like the dad who's trying to like he's trying to keep the 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 the, the ship on track. He just he wants tra- everyone to get along and he have like, some good clean wrestling. He wants it yeah. to be smooth. He wa- yeah, good good clean wrestling, like no shenanigans. And then all, all these dastardly. <laughs> and he's always disappointed because it's Memphis. He is. It, that's the thing. That's that's like the beauty you could hear in the um the empty arena match is that it's just just disappointment. He's so disappointed in Terry Funk for using that salty language. Like, Terry, there's no need for you to say that. <laughs> Although I do maintain the best part of that, actually the best. Is him chain smoking beforehand? Yeah, yes. The the really low key part of that that's actually the best is that he. He's like, oh, Terry hasn't showed up yet, or Jerry Lawler is the, not here. Oh, well, let me uh, let me change. So he's just like lighting up cigarettes. He lights one chain up, smoking. and then something happens, and he goes, "Oh yeah. hell, I just lit one," you know? Yeah, and he has to like <laughs> it out. It's it's fantastic. He's 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 more upset about that than almost anything else. You know, what, <laughs> and I think he was, I think he was like a local weatherman or something. Like he was, he did something else on that station. But he was a big deal. Like, I mean, like when um, when um, when Lawler was talking about splitting off from Jarrett before they cut him in, like Lance Russell was going to go with Lawler. And that's kind of like why Jarrett like finally caved on it. Mm-hmm. Now, here, I don't get me wrong. I enjoy Lance Russell for all the stuff we just talked about. But the thing is. I have to compare that against some of the just absolutely amazing calls I've heard Jim Ross do. And, you know, I I would have to flip these two. Not and it's it's not that I don't respect you putting them where you do because it's your list, but I myself would have to flip them. See, to me, okay, so to me, I it is preference, but to me, like, Lance Russell is like, Again, I talked about that. Like, he is the ultimate, like, um, paternal figure for wrestling. Whereas, to me, Jim Ross would be the ultimate, like, professional sportscaster mm-hmm. persona. Well, what I, I guess, okay, <clears throat> what I have to imagine is when I was having matches, if I was going to imagine someone was announcing over what was going to happen, whose voice was in my head? It was JR's. When I consider, <clears throat> you know, Austin's big win the first time he won the title, 
JR is not only doing play by play, but he is also selling that moment as much as anybody that's ever been in the ring. When yeah, but, but Shad, if you're if you're if you're if you're coming out for your promos and you get a little salty and maybe you did something dastardly in the last match, whose voice is in your head be disappointed <laughs> in you? I didn't get to do much in the way of promos like that, so didn't really come up. Um, okay, even though, to be honest, I really kind of hate the match. The investment and the passion that Jim Ross had in calling the, the Taker Mankind Hell in a Cell made a big impression on me uh, li- just listening to Ross, right? It's I, I, it's that that match is a crazy spectacle. It's it, as a match goes, it's terrible, and I hate what Foley ended up going through. People who say it's the greatest match of all time make me a little bit sick. No, it's not a good match. It's it, but the people that say stuff like that make me a little bit sick, and I'm like, I know that's not cool, <clears throat> but to hear Jim Ross, who's doing play by play. And dear God, someone stopped the damn match. And, they, you know, just the the passion and the drive that goes in behind it and just everything in there and how knowledgeable Ross was about who he was watching and how just, God, you know, getting people invested with that, that Bill Watts, you know, everything we do is going towards selling tickets. So we've got to make this a big deal so people watch it kind of thing. I mean, that's that's. I, I really want to give it to Ross. I, Russell is great. My my, you know, Russell doing his um, doing his stuff with uh, uh, like in the uh, the Andy Kaufman documentary. Even just his interactions with Kaufman, you got the same kind of thing you were talking about. Be like, oh no, let's not let's not have that. But it to me, it doesn't compare with the sheer passion that Ross could infuse in a moment and take a good moment and make it great and a great moment and make it epic. Yeah, I would agree. Um, just as an aside, like people who, who like that, uh, who, is there anyone who actually really does think that uh, that's the greatest match of all I've, time? I've heard people say it. and I've I think heard, that's like, died no. down. I think people, I think that, I think that talking points died down a bit in the last decade. I sure hope so because I do. I mean, it's still funny to watch that because his reaction is at the at the time it was good, but it, in retrospect, it's almost like comical because it's oh my god, he killed him. He's broken in half. Like it's it, become almost like a meme. It it has, but God is my witness, he's broken in half. But yeah. it's it's different in it being a meme than it is watching the match because my God, I feel that. Like mm-hmm. there's the empathy in me of seeing that, and I just imagining how that feels, and 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 Ross's comments, it like it hits me deep to be like that because it's, it's Ross draws me in, and I'm experiencing that next to him, and I'm just like, God, yes, please, somebody. I know there's still 15 minutes of this. Please, somebody, make it stop. I I think something I love that he did. Um, well, one of the things I loved is is you always knew Lawler and Ross had each other's backs. Oh, that's that's true. And I liked when 
Lawler had that match with Taz and Taz was choking him out and Ross like snuck over and like smashed that jar of like M&Ms on his head to like save Lawler. Yeah. That that candy jar that no one ever mentioned until that feud. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they weren't just two guys who worked together. They you you got the impression these were buddies. And I do think he's I think he's lent credibility to AEW in those early in these early shows. But I, I have to say, like, actually, the Jim Ross I like better is like early 90s, like more low key Jim Ross. Oh, early 90s, like WCW. Uh, and even when he kind of, I guess, early ventured into the WWF at the time. Yeah, I actually think I actually think that Jim Ross is the best Jim Ross yeah, pound for I, pound, even though I he, do agree that like, like late nineties, early two thousands, JR had kind of like the most like big feel he just, emotional. He just wasn't the same. I mean, he was still good, but he wasn't the same after like that bells palsy hit him. Oh no, yeah. no, he wasn't. And even nowadays, like I, I understand, I think you're right that he adds like a certain like gravitas to AEW since they're, you know, just starting out trying to build themselves as a really as a number two promotion, as, as a national promotion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't I was there live for Double or Nothing, so I didn't hear I didn't really hear the commentary. I I did watch I, I still haven't seen Fight for the Fallen, but I did watch uh Fighter Fest and mm-hmm. at times like his commentary like it wasn't bad, but it did seem like <sighs> It pains me to say this because I mean he's he's done so much, but there were times where it's like wow, like you're, you he sounded a little old and not like hip to stuff. Oh okay, uh, yeah. I think it wasn't it was it didn't entirely detract to me. Like it was fine. I, I thought it was like it was fine, but it's clear like he's lost the step. Like, he's not someone who, since they're going to get a national television program, I. I wouldn't go week to week with JR. I really wouldn't. I don't know if they've announced even what they're going to do, but I would I would actually go with Excalibur over JR. JR I think is perfect for when they're actually doing their pay-per-views or like super big shows. Yeah, I could see JR seems to be transitioning into more of an elder statesman role, which I think that's perfect what for what he yeah. is. Like he he should be. Like he's he's done so much and he's been he was really great for a long time but mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think a week-to-week thing is for him honestly right i think big shows he can still bring it i think he can still he can still add something but i mean it, it's they kind of did that in a way with um with with lawler the wwe like i don't think i don't think the king should be doing it week to week now yeah. like it's no so no, i don't know that's that's kind of like my thing I think it's hard when you I think it's hard at their age because uh, I think it's just hard. <laughs> you don't have that same kind of stamina and like especially if you got to like travel and stuff like you're just. Because uh, Jim Cornette talked about that with Smoky Mountain Wrestling like they had Bob Cottle at first but like he was driving like these huge like distances like at an old age and yeah you just can't do it at some point. Yeah. But I stand by my thing. Lance Russell, number one. Jim Ross, number two. What do you, uh, Matt, what would you think, like, 
as far as like the Lance Russell versus Jim Ross, like part of it. I probably would put Ross over Lance, but in fairness, I have actually heard way more Jim Ross than Lance. Uh, because when I finally got into wrestling, it was like you know, it was after Lance Lance's heyday, so it's only he was, it's only he was footage. Probably, mm-hmm. He was on like the Super B shows, I think, probably by the time you were like watching. He was probably doing like pro or something. Yeah. So I'm it, it this the, the content I've seen from Lance, which I thought was great, but it's it's only been after the fact. It's been you know through the miracles of either tape trading or like more recent like the last few years where content has been available either through streaming services or you can get uh dvds things like that so of uh, the network whatever content like you can get from the network <clears throat> so i can't really yeah. say like i've seen enough of him compared to jr where i've seen like way more jr because my like watching wrestling like i, I saw jr's commentary both in early wcw and then wwf like contemporaneously i actually saw it like live so I think too. Uh, it, it is one of my well. It is actually one of my great goals that I'm going to do one of this one of these days is watch all of the Memphis TV that's out there. But you know, I just got to get started on that at some point. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big project too, though, isn't it? It uh, Memphis goes by pretty easy because of the way they book programs. Tend to like fly through pretty quick. Okay. Because you know they have to. They have to fill that mid's like their loop was weekly, like the same towns every week. So you kind of have to like cycle your programs that way. So that's kind of why it was so wild and crazy. Okay. Well, guys, is there anything else that we wanted to uh, we wanted to hit on with this list? Yes. um, uh, It's a quick one, but we are kind of joking about Lee Marshall. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) In the lead up to this. I did not. I did not realize that he he became the voice of Tony the Tiger after um, the the original voice retired. He was yeah. he was great. I was honest. Whatever you told me that it made so much sense. I was kind of surprised he wasn't the voice of Tony all along. You know, like that his voice fit for it. Well, the original voice of Tony the Tiger was the guy that sang the Grinch song. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So he retired in 2005 or died, and then Lee Marshall did it until from 2005 to 2014 when he passed away. Okay. I didn't realize Lee Marshall died, actually, so. I knew he had, but um, I thought Lee Marshall was was good, but I, I, I don't think I'd top 10 him myself. He wasn't great in the AWA, but my primary exposure to him was doing like the weekend updates on like the WCWB shows and making like weasel jokes at Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Well, and his occasional sit in on thunder and stuff like that. Yeah, that's Uh, true. I think he, I think he would do like some pay-per-view like pre-shows too. Yeah. I think that, I think you're right. Um, I thought he was good. I just don't know how close I'd put him. It, it, that'd take a lot of work for me to figure out. So if, if, um, if, um, before we go, is there anyone like that would have made your top 10 list that was not on mine that comes to, to mind immediately for either of you? 
Uh, play by play. <laughs> play by play. I want I want one of you to say Kevin Kelly. Oh God, I hate no, him. no, I won't do it. I I know people like supposedly like him now, but he he ruined Ring of Honor TV for me for years. Yeah. Uh, would you know in that last spot i would probably be willing to to put morrow there um especially with morrow's early wwe stuff when it wasn't quite so flanderized but uh yeah i i actually i would probably put um i'd probably put mike today on there oh i did i did uh i did um he, he 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 I did kick his name around a bit, but he did not make the list. But Dave Prezak was kind mm-hmm. of um, around in my brain. Mm-hmm. But I kind of I kind of have mixed feelings about his commentary at times. I feel like he gets a little too cutesy sometimes, a little too up his own butt. But um, yeah, he's he's for an indie guy. He's really good. Yeah, he's probably if if I were to pick two top of the well, three top of the line indie announcers it would be leonard dave and excalibur i there has been a little part of me that has said if i ever go back to wrestling i'd probably want to go back and be a play-by-play guy um but i don't have a you know that's that's not something that's in the cards anytime soon and the other side to it is i would probably make use of that line we mentioned earlier just a bit outside if someone whipped something real bad, would you bring a uh, clubbering into it? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go. If they would, I mean, if this was a full scale five alarm clubbering, then maybe. Um, but that's, that doesn't happen as commonly as some people think. Uh, but, but uh, they, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'd be any good at it. What I would need to do is, is sit down and take some matches and record my own stuff to it and try it out that's what um um that's what a lot of like the play-by-play guys for sports tell you to do is you just got to get time and repetition in it yeah so it's like think about think about like um to go inside baseball to podcasting think about how long it took us with this show to feel like we were doing a good job i would say for me, we were like in the mid twenties of episodes uh-huh. before I really felt like we gelled it into like a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. which is probably at that point we were probably close to forty-ish hours in. I'd say before we like really kind of like had our stuff down. There are some days when I don't feel like I've got my stuff down, and some days when I do. <laughs> You know, it, it's amazing. I don't know about you guys, but um, I edit these, so I have to listen back. There are some shows I don't even remember. Like, say, I like I, I go to edit it the next day or like the next week, and I'm just like, wow, I don't remember what we like what I said on this show at all. There are I I, I do listen back to them sometimes, because um, they for work I've got some drives I have to make. But sometimes I'll be listening to one and a point will come up and I'll be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I will immediately say the same thing on the recording. So uh, I guess I'm consistent. But uh, I tell you what, those of you at home listening, if you'd be curious 
about about me doing doing play-by-play stuff let me know i'll try that out and maybe maybe if we get a response i'll post a link to it somewhere but uh we could we could if we ever got the time and i i i imagine this would be like next year sometime we could try and like mst3k like something <laughs> and put it on youtube <laughs> i may imagine the three of us trying to you know, the three of us calling a match together would be kind of wild but that would be that would be a time issue that I don't think we're gonna have for a while. Yeah, we'd 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 be well into next year before I think that would be an option. So um, yeah, but I think that would be a winter project when we're snowed in in January or something. Okay, but if you at home want to hear it, let us know. Uh, hit us up on social media. Do you agree with Brad's list? Do you agree with Matt and mine's edits to the list? Is there someone that should be on here in your estimation that's not on here? Is there someone who's on here that shouldn't be on here? Please hit us up on social media and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're um if you are if you are listening to this and happen to be bilingual and understand like the um, commentary in like New Japan, All Japan, AAA or CMLL, feel free to reach out and tell us why those announcers are good or bad. Okay, and and one other plug I'm going to put out there, and I don't know if we got anybody in the area or not, but if you're in the area, next month, uh, September, the weekend of September 20th, I will be, the weekend of September 21st, I will be at Cincinnati Comic Expo all weekend. If you're going to be there and would like to say hi, drop us a line, and I'll, I'll come by and say hi, and then you'll look at me and go, oh, God, this goose who I've been listening to. So, um... <laughs> I just put that out there. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be there as a guest. I'm not gonna be there with like a booth or anything. But um, if you guys would like to, like to do that, let me know and try and say hi as well. But I think that about does us for our our play by play list. So with that, I'm gonna say thank you all for joining us. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time.